Gave you the real shot, and this what this this how you pay me back? This what you do? Man, you play. Really had a nigga back, so that's why I say. Play. 
shit like Nike. I swear that she fly, she feisty. In the middle of the summer, she icy. Ain't no doubt about it, that wifey. I'm good, I don't need a side piece. She know I live life for the high.
You talk family, what go on, what go on? This your boy D with another live show of You Talk. And y'all know how we start off every show. It ain't no me. Without you, baby. Kane Nation, what's going on? I'm asking everybody, man, if you're over on Facebook, man, we're about to transition over to YouTube. So I ask that you come over and join the show over on YouTube. We got a special guest tonight. I want to shop my producer out, Mr. King Judge. KJ Production is in the building. KJ Production is in the building. 
King George, what's going on, big dog? How you doing? Shout out to E. Gray, man, my boy E. Gray and my dog Larry Frank Jr. And we got a special guest I'm about to bring in. Everybody now, y'all, we're going to transition and bring them in. They go to crew. Marquez. Marquez Williams is in the building, man. Kane Nation, what it do? What's going on? Shout out to E. Gray. E. Gray, what's going on, man? I got pretty eye E. Gray on the, on the, in the oh, building tonight, man. man. You, you see him on the fight? Go, I got him in the building on the fight. He, he got him shouting yeah, tonight, yeah. man. Fight. I'm feeling tonight. You're repping. You're repping. Marquez Williams is in the building, man. Marquez, what's up? What's happening with it, man? How y'all doing? Kane Nation. Y'all already know what it is. <laughs> let's go, let's hey, go, man. Yo, I'm different tonight. Yes, I'm different tonight. I got my headset on, bruh. I can hear y'all a little bit better, and I'm talking a little clear. Hopefully the fans can hear me a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? But it's all good, though, baby. That's what's yes, up, man. Good. That's what's up, man. Marquez, man, we want to say thank you, first of all, for uh, joining the show, man. Thank you, brother, man. It's a pleasure having you on. Um, let's talk, man. Let's go, man. Let's talk about, man, Pop Socks, man. Let's start off with Pop Socks, man. Tell us a little bit about the business and what you got going on, brother. Let's go with it. Yeah, man, Pop Socks. Uh, I, uh, I, I kind of started Pop Socks when I was out in Houston. Uh, when I was playing with Roughnecks. Uh, this is kind of one of the things where I seen where um, you know, a lot of my teammates, they had something outside of football. You know, it was one of the things where, you know, if I wasn't playing football, I wasn't, you know, making any other money. So, uh, you know, then Pop Socks just kind of arrived. You know, guys had their own denim line. They had plumbing companies, franchise, and uh, I just kind of went with something that I always, you know, had fun with and had a love for. And um, so I went with Pop Socks and uh, and actually came up with the name because, as y'all know, man, when I was down at the U, they used to call me Pops, you know. Coach Rick, you know, called me Pops, and it kind of, everybody kind of ran with it. I, I'm not even quite sure. Most people know my real name down there. Everybody just called me Pops. So uh, so it was, it was a no-brainer when I started the company. It's just Pop Socks. Um, and we sell all types of, you know, just cool, crazy, wacky socks. You know, uh, we do custom orders. Uh, I done got into, you know, beanies, scarves, even uh, custom football goals. But the main thing is socks right now. And uh, we sell online. I sell in person. Uh, you know, I have about... Uh, four or five stores that carry my socks right now. So, uh, man, it's been going great. And I, I'm able to share my love for socks with everybody else. And, um, you know, my whole thing is, you know, just being able to express yourself without saying anything. And you can do that through socks. You know what I'm saying? So so, so that's what it's been, man. It's been blown up. I'm not going to lie. At first, it was just kind of an idea where I was like, man, you know, if I, if I got a couple extra hundred dollars at the end of the Money, you know what I'm saying? The, the spark me a, a cigar, or, you know, have a little extra beer money. I'm cool, but uh, <laughs> it done took off more than that. Okay. I hear you. Go ahead, gentlemen. I hear you, man. One thing good about socks, um, the younger generation, man, like I have a teenage son that's in high school. They love those Crocs. And so they wear Crocs, and those are the best shoes to wear for socks like yours. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no shoes. I mean, you know what I mean. You know what Crocs yeah. are. They are what they are, and they can expose the all look of the socks, and that's what a lot of the young kids are doing. So that's dope, man. And I'm, I look, we, uh, we'll talk offline like we talked earlier before the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and cop my son a couple pair. You know, he get them young kids on it up here. You know what I'm saying? We get it popping, bro. We're going to make it happen. You feel me? 
Oh yeah, always, man. We we got a sock for everybody. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So with the brand of socks that you got, uh, or should I say, the style of socks that you got, you you have like different style, like teams. You have like uh, like what what different styles are you are your socks representing? Variations. Yeah. So uh, so as of right right now, we have uh, you know kind of a um, just kind of like a baseline of socks. We you know we got foods. We got Marvel DC characters. We have famous art painting socks. Um, just a, a wide variety of uh, socks, you know, whether it's eggs, whether it's Starry Night. My man D, he he got uh, the kiss, you know what I'm saying? You know, Michael Myers, um, this is all over the place. It could be sharks on them. And then, uh, then you know, recently just got into uh, doing some, some customized socks. So, um, you know, with me, I, I don't have a, a trademark. A licensing for uh, certain teams, but there's ways that that you can uh, play around with it. Um, so I just did like this line of Georgia socks, and you know it's just kind of a play on words, and you know even one of them say uh, "Go you silver britches." You know, it's a famous saying by uh, Larry Munson, who um, who did the radio for for Georgia for uh, such a long time before he passed. So it's just a little stuff like that still incorporating the colors, but, you know, just the small things that, you know, the fans, the real fans can kind of attach themselves to and uh, just kind of run it like that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, the fact that you have a passion for that and you can follow your passion, and it's not like you're just doing this just to do. You're actually doing it, and you love what you do, and it's something that you've always loved being a part of. That's gonna make it more enjoyable. So shouts out to you on that for sure. I, mean, I appreciate it. I, I really do enjoy every second of it, man. Get uh getting designs put together, um, you know, working with organizations, different sports teams, uh just coming up with something new, you know what I'm saying, that I think that I think that's gonna hit and uh I think the big thing is just, you know, even taking a risk on it, you know. I you know, uh, this is something that, you know, I, I didn't get a loan for or whatnot. It's just I started out of my own back pocket. So uh, even, you know, when I do something like that, it's always taking a risk on it. And uh, But I love it, though, because I'm always, you know, I always tell myself that I'm willing to bet on myself, and I'm going to do that every single time. Uh, so uh, it's been fun doing that and uh, just finding unique ways to, to sell all these socks and uh, right. it's, it's just been fun and connecting with people in that way. Right, right. That's what's up. That's what's up. Most definitely, man. So let's talk, man. Let's talk about a little bit of Kane's, Kane's football, man. If you're just joining the show, man, we got former Hurricane, man, Marquez Williams on You it's, Talk with it's us, man. You Talk, baby. Marquez, man, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. You know what I don't want to talk about. <laughs> What's your thoughts, man, on going into this year, man? What we talking about, man? What you expecting out of the team this year, man? Talk to me. Uh, man, really more more than anything, just kind of them to build on uh, last season. Uh, I think having – I think the last time we talked, man, having uh, Coach Lashley there on the, uh, on the offensive side of the ball was very helpful in utilizing some of the spread attack and the athletes that, you know, the Canes are used to having and getting – in that program, um, you know, especially after having the last OC and everything was a mess. Um, you know, I saw them hit some good strides, you know. Uh, we can't, you know, this year, well, last year we had a lot of big plays that we was able to come back to, you know. Um, I like kind of what they're doing, doing with the run game, spreading it out, 
you know, being able to get some, uh, get a hat on the hat, you know, just to kind of uh, run the ball and utilize athletes that way. Um, but just for them to continue to build, uh, I, you know, as much I love Miami, uh, I think we still got a long ways to go before we get, you know, uh, to to winning, you know, that national championship. But I, I think I think we're a lot closer than than we think. But we just gotta keep building. Uh, them guys gotta be able to improve uh, every year, year in and year out, and uh, just continue to get those guys coming in, those recruits coming in year in and year out. That's what's up. Well, look, I looked at um, I went ahead and kind of you know looked at your background and everything, and I saw that you were a real, real big fan of Coach Rick when you were in high school, going back to your childhood days. And I was really interested when I when I checked your story out that when you went to Mars Hill, you actually played with with John, his son. And you know when I saw that, and it just basically kind of transitioned into that opportunity for him to call, for his dad, for Coach Rick to call you, to offer you to come play at Miami. I mean, hey, man, it, it was meant for you to play for him. You know, growing up in Athens in the backyard of the Bulldogs and Bulldogs country. What, you know, Mark Rick really got a lot of mixed reviews, you know, over his tenure at Miami, especially towards the end. And I know the Mark Rick that I saw, you know, at least that I watched when he was at Georgia, and I saw how he resurrected the program to an extent, you know, and got us to that number two ranking. What was Mark Rick really like? Like, we see him on television, and I will never forget that game. I want to say it was the bowl game against Wisconsin where he came unglued. And and um, I think, who was that, the offensive line coach? Uh, they had to hold him back like he was really about to dig into the refs. But what was Coach Rick like as you knew him as a player? Yeah, so um, Coach Rick is as advertised. He really is um, a stand-up guy. He's a really nice guy. Uh, he really does care for his players. Uh, still to this day, man, Coach Rick Tech. And uh, I have a football camp coming up, and he even said that he was going to be able to drop in. Uh, Coach Rick buys the socks. You know, he posted the socks. He bought some socks. He posted them. Um, and he's just a real stand-up guy. Um, and, you right. know, I'm glad it's that way because ever since I was six years old, you know, being a Bulldog fan, I had wanted to play for Coach Rick. And I always thought that it would be at Georgia. Um, well, I'm glad it was at Miami because I needed to get out of Athens anyway. But, um, but now nah, he's just a real stand-up guy. Now, what I always tell people, too, is that uh, Coach Rick is a football coach first, you know. So um, so he is, when we say he is, he is a very Christian man. He's a very nice man. He, uh, he has a lot of love in his heart for uh, people and for his players. But uh, like you said, when you've seen him come unglued <laughs> versus the Wisconsin game, he's a football coach, bro. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, he, uh, he, he Over the years, he's been very good at holding his composure, even at uh, Georgia. Uh, even at Miami at times. And uh, that's one thing I, I never understood about him. He, he, he could hold his composure, you know, uh, pretty well. But uh, he's a football coach, you know. Uh, he, he gets into people uh, all the time. He digs into people, the players all the time. He has a high standard for the players and um, how he wants them to act, how he wants them to, uh, you know, be a student athlete on and off the field. So uh, you have to respect that. He, he's like any other ball coach. He, he has standards, 
and he expects you to meet those standards. And um, and one thing that like people didn't understand, even when he was at Georgia, uh, it was like every every year, you know, the first few games at Georgia, uh, he had four or five players suspended. You know, it's because he had this expectation of what you need to be doing in the off season coming into the season. So if you didn't meet those exp- expectations, then he made sure that he he did what he needed to do um, to to where you had to pay for your consequences, and and, and that's what it was. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Mark Wes. Say you wanted to get out of Athens, Georgia. And you came to South Beach, baby. Came to South Beach. What was those bright lights and the life like in South Beach as being? Because, you know, I don't want to call you a country boy, but, you know, we all from the South. (laughs) But being a country boy, you know what I'm saying, from Athens, Georgia, what was it like as a big recruit? You know what I'm saying? You recruited to the U, and you came to the U, and uh, you did well. But you came to the U, as I'm talking about, as a freshman coming in, and, you know, you fresh out of high school. What was it like to come to the U at that age, bro? South Beach. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, well I, had, I had graduated college already. I, 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 I was technically a freshman, but I had graduated college already. But uh, the, the college I went to was in, in the mountains. We was in the middle of nowhere. It was a dry county. I mean, I'm talking about not, nothing. It had two. Where were you, in Tennessee? Somewhere in Tennessee? Nah, North Carolina. So North Carolina and Tennessee are the only states that still have dry counties, just to let everybody know that. They still have those. And you know what I'm talking about, Marquez. They still have those where literally you drive and you can't get no beer or no alcohol, literally. Yeah, that's what it is. But, yeah, I'm listening. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, it, it was such a culture shock when, when I say that. I mean, like, uh, even growing up, I only had been outside of Georgia twice. You know, my mom... My mom and my dad, they're from New Jersey, so we always went back to Jersey. I think my mom took us down to Orlando, the Universal Studios, one year. But other than that, I never left Athens, you know what I'm saying, unless I went to Atlanta. Other than that, I never left. So when, uh, And I was just so foreign to the whole process and, um, and everything that even when Coach Rick called me, Coach Rick was like, um, yeah, because I was graduating on the Thursday, and I was supposed to come to, um, no, I was graduating that Saturday. And I was supposed to come to Miami Sunday. And I, I was, I'm on the phone with Coach Rick. I'm like, yeah, man, my mom, we're going to drive down to Athens. We're going to drop off my stuff. And we're going to keep rolling. We'll see you Sunday. And he just laughed. And he was like, he was like Mark was, we're going to fly you down. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, word. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I, was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I was like, cool. I was like, Mom, we flying. And she was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? So we drove, and then, you know, we, we hit the airport. And, you know, at this time, I'm still, you know, i never been to Miami. So, you know, as soon as we land, I'm seeing, you know, the palm trees. I was like, man, the houses look different. And the women walk I said, why why everybody house look the same? I was like, this, I was like, this is different. So... You know, we got to the airport and they pulled up in, you know, the black Cadillac and they got the U decked out and all this. And, you know, um, my man George, he come grab my bags and all that. I'm like, man, I'm like, what is this? I, I don't even know what I got. My <laughs> first class. First yeah, class. I had no idea. And, uh, man, I felt bad because when I came on my visit, uh, man, I was I had so much anxiety about jumping on the plane. Uh, man, I took a Z-Quill. 
thinking I was going to fall asleep and fought it the whole flight. So as soon as we landed, I, he like talking to me. I'm like nodding off. Huh? Oh, <laughs> no, bro. That's a good story. Oh, nah, dog. <laughs> so, man, it was just so foreign. And uh, I always tell people, man, once you cross into Dade County, it's like coming into a different country. You know what I'm saying? I don't even feel like you're in America no more. That's why they call it the state of Miami, man. That's state right. of Miami. State of Miami, man. It's different, man. I tell you what. So once you got there, man, and you get acclimated, you you know, you made your decision. You there. You know what I'm saying? You were a transfer, obviously. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, you got inserted immediately into what Mark Rick was trying to do. Like, how did you feel? Because, like, reason why I asked this. Because now that Manny Diaz is the coach, over his last few years, he's been hitting the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So what is it like for a transfer that's already spent years at a school? You know, you know, you you know how it is as an athlete. You come out of high school, you're recruited or whatever. You go somewhere where you think you want to go. And you think you want to do your college career. And you think you have an opportunity to maybe go pro one day. And then you transfer as a graduate or whatever. How is that process? Of course, they didn't have the portal when you – it was shortly after you, not long. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, how is that process for you not to be a freshman? You know what I'm saying? An 18-, 19-year-old kid coming to a new school, getting into the vibe. You're a grown man at the time. You're probably, what, 21, 20, 20 21 at the time, maybe yeah. 22? Mm-hmm. 22. So how is that, of course, you being from where you are, and we said Dade County, Miami, South Beach, state of Miami, how was that process – and in general, how is that process for a grad transfer or just a transfer period? How is that process? Yeah, for, for me, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing because uh, I know for me, I spent four years uh, in under in undergrad. You know, even though it was at a smaller school and whatnot, I always tell people it's probably a good thing I didn't come to Miami straight out of high school because I probably wouldn't have made it all four years. Right. Know, uh, I'm just being honest. So I, I kind of got everything, you know, that a young person would get out in undergrad. You know, so when I came to Miami, you know, I still enjoyed a lot of the things that Miami has to offer the beach, you know, nightclubs and this, that, and the third. But, um, I mean, all the stuff that the young guys do when they when they might first come to Miami, that stuff was out of my system, you know. I, so I, I didn't have to worry about that, you know. Um, and now I was in grad school. Uh, so it was a little more chill, too. I mean, I, I had classes two days throughout the week, and they were, you know, later in the day. Uh, I was I was chilling. I was I was living life. You know, I was going to practice. I get out by, the, by 11 o'clock. If I had class that day, class started at, like, 7 o'clock. Uh, other than that, I didn't have class. So, you know, I just do whatever I wanted to. Uh, but it was, just a, it was just a good transition. I had went through everything that I needed to uh, when I was at undergrad and uh, really learned the ropes of college, and um, and it's a true thing. With, uh, like they say in the pros, how how you have to learn how to be a pro. Uh, you have to learn how to be a college athlete too. You know uh, when you leave high school. So I really got to learn what it meant to be a um, to be a collegiate athlete. You know with the meetings, the expectations of coaches, um, the expectations I needed to meet in the classroom. Uh, just all these different things. It was. It just became a little different because, uh, you know, instead of being at my Division two school, 
MRS Hill now I'm at Miami now I have access to a lot more stuff I got a nutritionist uh, we, we got a, kind of a lounge that we can kind of chill in we got food right after practice uh, man I, I got a funny story I always tell people uh, it's not to bash Mars Hill but man I'm telling you literally after a game especially a away game man we used to get two mid doubles an apple pie <laughs> and a fago. That, that was all. That was that was all. That was it. The game. That, that was, was it. it. That was it. So what was like, like, uh, tell me about Miami though. <laughs> <laughs> Let the recruits know what they get in Miami, Marquez. Come on, baby. Miami, Miami, they they gonna cater to you what whatever they may uh bring in that night. It can be barbecue, it can be Chip Fil A, whatever. Like they they got it, but then but then you know uh you get the cost of tuition. You know, you, we you got some money in your pocket. You got some money in your pocket. You you can leave and and go do whatever you want to. You ain't got to ride the bus back home. No nothing. You know, it was a lot of freedom. I'm you know? paused. You know what I'm saying? So uh, so now nah, it it was fun, man. I, I most definitely ate better than you. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I think I think he's having a little technical difficulty. So I, I'll pick it up till he gets back. Um. Let's I'm talk about. Now. I don't know. What okay. There. My uh, Wi-Fi has been killing me, y'all, all day. I don't know. We got <laughs> it, it's my look. My neighborhood and the storms that had happened the other day. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm back. Can you hear me? So, we good, you, Devin. Yeah, yeah, we good, good, Devin. Yeah, yeah, you good. straight. You straight. One thing I'd like to ask you uh, centers around your position, fullback position, and I, if I could, if it's fair for me to say this, the time that you played. Is pretty much you don't see fullbacks no more. Offenses in football today, that's an obsolete position, looks like all of a sudden. You see it a little bit more in the NFL, but in the college game with, with the spread offenses and stuff, it's really little to no need for a fullback with the way the game has changed. How would you feel, you know, going forward? You know, for anybody, because you were one that was running the ball, you would catch the ball, you was blocking, you you, you was pretty much an all-purpose bruising type of fullback, kind of old-school style. Do you think it's safe to say that that's pretty much it? Like, anybody that maybe a, a bigger size back, somebody that's a little bit, you know, burly, is it safe to say that at this point in time that that position is pretty much going to be done or do you think it could come back should kids play in that position you know give up on that in on that spot uh i wouldn't say give up on it i, I think it's, it's one of the positions that uh not being widely utilized right now but um you know the proof is in the pudding um it shows every year you still got at least half the nfl teams that have a fullback on roster uh, you don't see it as often but uh, one thing you can always go back to is all the Super Bowls that the Patriots won. You know, they always made sure that they had a pro eye system. Uh, James Devlin playing fullback. You know, um, even the Kansas City Chiefs, they had a fullback on roster when, when they won the Super Bowls just recently. They had Anthony Sherman. Uh, you still got, you know, uh, you know, at least half the NFL still using fullback. Uh, and it just really depends on the system. You know, if you got the right coach. They understand the importance of having a fullback and what it can do and how it can stresses how it can stress defenses. So um, I wouldn't tell anyone to give up on it. Uh, you, you have to find you have to like find your own little niche within it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So like when I was playing, the one thing that carried me was just the blocking. 
you know, just, uh, you know, in the run game and the pass game, just being able to strike people and uh, put them on their back and move people. You know, I was technically an extra offensive lineman out there. I just can move better. I can catch. I can run. You know, um, so guys have to find their find their own niche. You know, when you get to the NFL, uh, you don't have a lot of the bruising fullbacks anymore. You know, these guys, you know, play a lot on special teams. You know, um, yeah, they can they can be a pass catcher. You know, out the backfield, you know, maybe run the ball a few times. But you know, most most time most of the time these guys are, you know, they're special teams type guys and uh you gotta be able to catch the football because the NFL is such a passing league now that you know if you're gonna be in the game that you need to be able to be a part of the passing game and help out in the aspect of the game. But uh for for young guys I, I wouldn't tell them to give up on it. You know there's still um that that one position is a niche, you know, in the entire game of football where you really want to carry yourself to that highest level. Um, you can, you know, you just got to be able to uh, be a, I, I, I don't tell people that you got to be a great blocker. You got to be a willing blocker. You know, you got to be willing to pitch your nose in there. They throw it to you, catch it, because you don't get many. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to hand that thing off to you, uh, you know, make it rock, because you ain't going to you ain't gonna get many handoffs. And uh, as I learned when I got to the NFL, to be able to run down and uh, make some tackles. And, you know, as a fantasy football player, fullbacks have ruined so many, you know, we are in fantasy football, especially daily fantasy football. We call it a useless touchdown. It helps nobody. You know, when they get down on that goal line, it's like, ah, damn it, that dog on the hand it it to the fullback. Fullback scores, boom, touchdown. The other team scored a touchdown, but I didn't get any points. You know how it go, man. That is funny. You know how it go, man. But let me ask you this though, Marquez. Like, so coming out of high school, uh, what other? Did, I know you. I know you played fullback, of course. But did you play uh, anything else on defense side? Probably linebacker, anything like that. Uh, I did not. I put, I played linebacker up until like the ninth grade, and uh, when it got time for me to go play varsity, uh, we had some good varsity linebackers, but we didn't have a fullback, and the coaches knew that I could play both, so. It was like, hey, you know, go play fullback. And uh, I was fine with that. I, I think I was a better linebacker than I was a fullback, uh, honestly. Uh, but once I got over to the offensive side of the ball, I just um, I just picked two and two together that, you know, I can still inflict that same pain and still go still go strike people on the, on the other side of the ball. I don't, I don't have to – I don't have to take those hits. They're, it became that my running back um, went to Tennessee. He ran for two thousand yards. So, uh, it became a thing that was just fun for me, you know, because yeah, I, you know, we'd go ISO, and you know, I blow up a linebacker in the hole, and uh, there's a guy that won a hundred meters too, and you know, I see him, you know, running by me, you know, into the end zone. So I, I was like, I'm cool with this, you know. They throw it to me every now and again, you know, that they, they hand that thing off to me. But my biggest thing was just um, making the big hits, yeah. And that's what I was known for. Everybody, you know, even when I was at Morris Hill, I had people come up to me after the game saying, I literally came to the game to watch you hit people. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and this is kind of my thing. So you were part of that team, I, I, and I saw this the other day on Bleacher Report. They were talking about that 
Miami needs to have the defense, and they were showing clips on highlights when we beat Notre Dame, when Notre Dame was ranked. And you remember that sequence that we went through when we were on primetime TV every Saturday for like three weeks, right? Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, and somebody else. And you were a part of that, of course, right? That was what, 15, 16, right? That, that was the year after me, actually. Was it after you? I thought mm-hmm. it was 15, 16. It was 17. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That was seventeen. That was seventeen. That was seventeen. Right. All right. So, so anyway, the year before that, we had no notoriety. You know, no national, you know, notoriety in the sense. Well, we always have national notoriety. We're the you. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean. Like we weren't getting no play on primetime TV. (laughs) But that year, TV ran with it. I mean, every week they ran with it. So you had got drafted by that time. You got drafted, what, by Jacksonville, correct? Correct. All right, so you in the league, you know, you mix in the league, and you looking back at your old teammates and, you know, the course, the school, we like, we on TV every Saturday. Every Saturday night, 8 o'clock. How did that make you feel, and what was your thoughts, like, just going through it? You are just looking at us doing that, man. Oh man, I was I was happy about it. You know, you know, um, anytime that I'm able to wear the U, I'm I'm proud. I'm proud to be able to wear it. But especially during those times, uh, especially when I was coming back home, because man, I'll tell you, these, these Georgia fans. Oh man, they don't know how to humble themselves. I was like, y'all ain't never won anything. <laughs> uh, and it's just funny because because when you speak about Miami up here, no, like you don't get a reaction out of people because people really don't understand you know they they so gun ho on georgia and you know i was the same way i grew up a georgia fan too but it's just been georgia 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 and it's like well they didn't do that but let you let you down every year and they ain't done that since you know the 80s so um so man i was happy to wear it i mean everywhere i went everybody you know throwing up the U. they're like oh man miami you know, asked me that i go there that i play there because we was on TV every week. Like, when, I say, yep. when I say the country took notice, yeah, they, yep. they did. Because everybody here, man, they, they got tired of me and my Facebook posts every week. You know, my license plate tag, <laughs> Miami, everything that I was wearing, my mama was wearing it, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, we was going crazy with it. You know, and that's one thing about it. Like, I always tell Devin, and I've told Larry this before, too. Um, we're the biggest draw. I mean, college football, people got to understand, college football is regional. And the NFL is, of course, nationwide. Well, now worldwide, but pretty much nationwide. And the, the sad part about with college football is that, you know, over the later, over the past years, you got Alabama and Clemson. Well, they're southern teams. People in the south don't really care. I mean, people in the south care. But people in the Northwest and the Northeast and out West, they don't care about Alabama or Clemson. But Miami is so different because we have fans, whether they like us or not, and I say fans, whether they hate us or not, they're up north in the Northeast. We have a lot of fans in the Northeast and a lot of fans in the, in the Midwest, up in the Chicago area. Matter of fact, one of our biggest fans, and you know this, Mark Wes, I'm sure one of the biggest boosters they based out at the biggest booster clubs. They're out of Chicago, and they're out of New York. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, and I then, didn't know that. well, yeah, yeah, now you know. But they are there, and then we have a big following, whether you hate us or like us, everywhere. So that's why we're such a big draw. You got Miami, you got USC, meaning Southern California, you got Texas and Notre Dame. You feel me? 
So when those teams are good and when they're on TV, the networks are going to put us on TV every chance they get. Because <laughs> it's not about regional ratings. You got CBS that show the 330 Saturday game, Alabama LSU. Well, people in New York don't care about that. People in Seattle don't care about that. But when Miami and Notre Dame and Texas and Southern Cal are good, people watch. So that's a big deal. And I thought that back in that time when we were on primetime, I said ABC is going to ride it out. And yeah. they just rolled it out. You know, feel me? <laughs> well, not what well, well, you you really do get to see it, though, uh, especially when I travel now. Um, you know, because Miami really is a national brand. Even though you said college football was regional, uh, everybody can affiliate themselves with Miami, whether it's a school or you come down here to vacation, South Beach or whatnot. You mm-hmm. recognize the brand or at least the area. Everybody in America can familiarize themselves with it. Because at some point, if you're living in New York, it get cold, you come down to Miami. You know what I'm saying? If you're living in Southern Cal, the water too cold, you're coming down to Miami. If you're in Texas, Texas is cool and got five different Atlantas, but you come to Miami, though. You know what I'm saying? Spring break, you're coming down. Don't nobody go to Alabama. Everybody only see Alabama when they, when they play on TV. You know what I'm saying? Um so it's that thing, and and then I learned that we was the only school that you know the the football logo is also the same logo used for the school, you know, with with the regular students, you know, when when they send out letters and whatnot. So it's literally a national brand. Everywhere I go, everybody recognizes that you, whether they throw it up wrong or not. But you know, everybody's like, "Oh, Miami, did you go to school there? Oh, do you like every everybody? No matter where I've been." Everybody knows the U. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you can just say the U, or you put, like he said, like the, the, the symbol that I have behind me. You don't have to have Miami. We don't have to have Miami on it. You already know that's Miami. I mean, people that only really, don't really, don't even really, I'm talking about older women or just, or, or older guys, people that don't even really follow football, they see that green and orange, that U. Oh, university, the U, the U, that's what the they say. U. And you gotta love it. And I hate when people do this, like you say they don't. That like yeah. that's that's not that's not what we do. We throw that thing up. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Absolutely. If you're just joining the show, we got former Hurricane player Marquez Williams, man. Former Jacksonville Jaguar. Former Cleveland Brown Marquez. Williams on the show, it's, man. It's, 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 it's you talk, baby. Marquez, man. You talked about your transition from high school to college from. Let's talk about, man, you transitioning from college when you got drafted. How was that, brother? Man, it was uh, it was cool. You know, uh, almost kind of like similar when I came to Miami. Uh, I always tell people um, I, wa- I watched the NFL, but I wasn't like an NFL fan. You know, it was still uh, pretty foreign to me uh, how everything went, you know. Uh, and what I learned that, you know, these guys that I came with, that uh, that I played with at Miami, you know, they were a little more familiar with this process because every year they see these guys going to the NFL and becoming millionaires, like, and, you know, within a year, you know. Um, But it was awesome, though, and I think the transition of um, going from Miami into the NFL was the best it could have been for me. Uh, When I got to Jacksonville, you know, I met Calais, me and Calais uh, shared a locker across from each other. We used to chop it up every single day. When I got to Cleveland, um, Najoku let me stay in his penthouse. Uh, never, never had met Duke 
because uh, Duke was before my time. Right. But Duke let me come stay with him just because I played at Miami. You know, it's really that it's really that brotherhood and uh, and everybody. It's kind of funny to watch all the other guys in their schools kind of follow suit behind us because during training camp we we get all uh, we get our little box, you know, with all all you gear. And now you're starting to see Alabama do it and Clemson do it. And it's uh, like, yeah, that, no, that nobody do that, you know what I'm saying, before us. So uh, it was just kind of cool. Now, I think um, transitioning, you know, from the U to the NFL was the best thing you could do. Everybody, everybody, in, everybody in the NFL, everybody in America knows exactly where you come from, your school, the expectations, the players before that. And it's probably every person on staff. Probably one person on uh, every staff in the NFL that you know played at the U, know somebody that goes there, or whatnot. So you never by yourself, like you know, especially especially in the NFL, you never by yourself. So it was real helpful. At least going to Miami before before I went to the NFL. So let me ask you this: When you had your uh, brotherhood with the fellow Canes players in the league, so you know I'm gonna ask you those those teams that you had those rivalry rivalries with. Those Florida State players. What was it like, you know, dealing in training camp or dealing just in games, you playing against somebody and you know they went to FSU or they went to a rival school? Was was the smack talk like still heated, like on a college level? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> like them guys were cool, but yeah, you know, you got you can't go without talking about the game. Uh at least before I got there, because uh, we we lost to FSU when I was there too. You know they was going on that what eight year streak or whatnot. So you know I'm in Jacksonville with you know Jalen Jalen Ramsey and Tevin Smith. Oh so, man, Lord. <laughs> hold on, I don't mean to cut you off, Marquez. <laughs> what was that like dealing with Jalen Ramsey? My goodness, because he I love him as a player. But, of course, him playing for Florida State, I can't yeah. stand him. But he's a beast. He's a dog. But what was that like, bro? Oh, man, Jalen was cool, man. I'm telling you, like, uh, what what you get from uh, on TV and the interviews or whatnot, um, it's just kind of a switch for him, you know, on the field. But um, Jalen was cool. Even at one part, uh, one, one point during camp, man, Jalen was both hurt, so we had to work out with each other. Um, you know, I was able to speak to Jalen. He was – he didn't. He didn't say a whole bunch. You know what I'm saying? You know, unless he like really knew you. But other than that, you know, he he was cool. He was cool. He would talk to you. Uh, he was just a good guy. You know, everybody got that switch. You know what I'm saying? When it's time to play ball, you know, right. which I hope you should. And and that's all. You know, he he got that switch. But off the field, uh, Jalen was cool. Tevin Te- yeah. Tevin Smith. He was real cool. Uh, he was one of them guys that you can kind of go to and talk to especially as a young rookie and, you know, just kind of learn the ropes and, um, you know, at the time, you know, just kind of uh, see him as a role model, as a leader, as far as like how to, uh, you know, make your way into the NFL and, and kind of flourish, you know, uh, cause he, he wound up getting a, he wound up getting a big deal. I think for like 50 million or whatnot. So, um, so he was kind of like the standard for what the coaches wanted to see, at least in Jacksonville, you know, mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's the what's the standard the standard work day in the NFL? I mean, we we see it on television. We see like players go to meetings. You see uh, practice, film study, and all of that. What's a typical NFL work day like? 
Man, uh, for me, uh, especially when I was hurt, uh, it started at 5, 5 a.m. You got to come in. You got to get uh, – you're trying to do some type of treatment or, you know, rehab uh, before anybody gets in. Uh, you got breakfast at, like, 6 o'clock. Uh, 7 o'clock, you got mandatory breakfast. Um so well, uh, well, you got bre- well, you got breakfast at six. You got weigh-ins at seven. Uh, you got to be in the training room by like nine o'clock to go get treatment. Then you got meetings for uh, next few hours. Then you got uh, then you got to get prepped for practice. You got probably got like an hour to get prepped for practice in the in the uh, training room in the locker room, whatever you got to do to, for practice. You got a two two and a half hour practice. You got our practice. You take a shower. You go eat. That's a mandatory meal. If you miss a meal, you get fined. Uh, so that's a mandatory meal. Then you got meetings yeah. for the um, got meetings for the next few hours. You get out of your meetings. You got to go lift weights. You know, for an hour or two, you, you get done lifting weights. You go shower, probably go eat again. Then you got meetings for the rest of the night. It's probably about nine, ten o'clock at night, and then then you hit repeat. <laughs> Man, yeah. And Doug Marone was your head coach, right? And, and man, we had, we had the hardest uh, NFL camp at the time. Uh, even got so bad to a point where Jalen, uh, Telvin, Calais, uh, a lot of the guys that had been playing for a while had to go to Doug and tell him to kind of uh, dial it down a little bit. Because even Calais said that was his hardest camp, and he had been playing for 10 years. He said it was the hardest camp he ever been through. Okay. And y'all still ain't win a damn thing. That's why they got rid of Doug Marone. We wind up going to the uh, AFC Championship. Oh, my bad. But, oh, yeah. Uh, my that, bad. But, but nah, that, that, that was it, though. After that. that was That's when y'all was Saxonville. That's right. Saxonville, yeah. Saxonville, yeah. I'm an NFL guy. I should have known better than that. My bad. That, if I'm not mistaken, that's the game y'all were up on New England. Because I, I watched that game, I believe. Y'all were up on New England well into the third, and they just they came back, I want to say. No, Larry yeah. Frank, you had – yeah, you probably watched the game, but you had your Pittsburgh Steelers shades on, so you wasn't seeing it correctly. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, guess what? At least at least, at least, least we had got eliminated already. At least somebody else's team was at home. I ain't going to say who else it was. Just a Hold dirty on, bird sir. Over Hold there. on, sir. Was that not the year that we went to the Super Bowl? Uh, uh, even, uh, I'll do that uh, in 28 what, to 3. What, what, what? Don't make me go there. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 28 to 3. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, man, y'all going to leave me alone. Oh, look at it. Now he smelled it. Wait, he didn't come out leave me alone. Now, Larry Frank. He went there. I'm tired of hearing about it. He went there. Dallas? No, I'm, I'm Falcons, man. You know, oh. they give me. Hey, Marquez, they give me. <laughs> They give me hell about twenty to three. I mean, I, what can I do? Bro, I can't. Hey, look, coming up, yeah, uh, I just always went with the Georgia teams. Trust me, I, I get it. Marquez, uh, let me ask you a question. Why, why Miami? What made you choose Miami, bro? What was it about Miami that made you choose Miami? Yeah, it was funny. I didn't choose Miami. Miami chose me, to be honest, uh, because it. And and when I say this is. Uh, when I was getting ready to transfer from Mars Hill, uh, most people don't know this. Um, I literally sent out hundreds and hundreds of emails to a bunch of different schools trying to look for a place to come to for my last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, North Dakota State coach, he called me back, and uh, he said, no, nah, we full at the position. I said, Coach, will you look at my film? He said, nope. He said, I won't even do that. He was like, we good. I was like, wow. Yeah. Liberty was like, I can walk on. Uh, I had a high school coach that had a connection with the running back coach at Tennessee. He was dragging his feet. Everybody was like, nah, you can walk on or nah, we don't need a fullback. And most people didn't even answer me. I'm, when I say hundreds of emails, I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking about like, uh, especially in my last year at Morris Hill, uh, I only had you know, one or two classes. I used to spend most of my day uh, just finding emails to the guys and recruiting, running back coaches, you know, all these different schools. And you know, copy and pasting this email and my and the link to my highlight tape and sending it to everybody every day and getting nothing. And it just so happened that uh, one of my friends that uh, that's from Athens, he, he a Miami fan, and he told me one day he was like, "Hey, he's like, you know, we need a four, we need a fullback." I was like, "Man, I said Miami not gonna do anything with me, man." I was like. Everybody else called me back, and they like, I can just walk on. I was like, Miami too big. Like, they'll they go find somebody else. And he was like, well, man, he was like, you need to call John. He was like, Coach Rick just got the job. John's the quarterback coach. He was like, man, you just need to reach out. And uh, I reached out to John on Twitter and uh, sent him my tape. Uh, no, actually, actually, I called John. I just called him just on the wing. And he picked up the phone. I was like, oh, man. I was like, what's up, John? You know, because we got to know each other over the years. And I was just talking to him. Didn't expect him to pick up the phone. Told him my situation. Sent him my highlight tape. And he was like, well, he was like, I'm going to look at it. I was like, well, just let me know. Don't pull my leg. You know, I'm just still trying to find, you know, somewhere to go for my last year. Um, you know, if if I had to, I, I would have went back to Mars Hill and just play, you know, one more year. But that probably been it. I'd have probably just been done. Um, and then he hit me back in like two months and was like, uh, you know, we looked at the film, you know. We, Hold on, we, two months? Bro, it took a while. Yeah, this, 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 was, this was dragged out. I could be wrong, but it, it was dragged out. This, this took a while. And, wow. Because uh, at the time, Miami still had, uh, they still had the scholarship problem. You know, they didn't have all the scholarships. So nice. uh, he was like, man, you know, I think we're looking at pulling the trigger. I'm like, I'm like, man, what you mean? Like, you, like, you got to be for real with me. And, uh, and man, I'm going to pick this out here because I'm a little older now. But uh, this, this is true story. I can't make this up. Man, the, uh, my roommate in college was my uh, was my dog, uh, Drabo. We have been playing ball with each other since the fourth grade. And he was my college roommate. And we have played ball with each other. Man, I was in downtown Asheville, and I was pretty much drunk at the time. I mean, I'm drinking, I'm drinking my ass off, and I get a, <laughs> I get a 706 number that, that's as an area code that called me. I'm thinking it's some somebody from the crib or whatnot. I pick up the phone, I'm like almost slurring, and somebody was like, "Hey, can I speak to, can I speak to Marquise?" I'm like, "Man, who is this?" Uh, I was like, "It's Marquez." And, uh, it was Coach Rick. Coach Rick was like, oh, sorry. He was like, uh, it's, like it's Coach Rick. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. My homeboy, he's looking at me. He's like, bro, he's like, who that is? I was like, what's up, Coach Rick? Yeah, I, 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 you sobered up real quick. Yeah, I ain't going to lie. And, and at the time where I was at, I, I walked into a liquor store to take the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, Classic. I'm like, I'm like, what's up, man? 
you know, I'm talking to him, and he's like, hey, man, you know, we saw your film. We want to wanna bring you down for a visit, you know, this Sunday and whatnot. He asked me how much I weighed at the time. At the time, I was like 300 pounds. Like, I haven't really, I was doing my internship. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had been working out like I was supposed to because I was just trying to finish up. And, you know, when I told him that, he kind of laughed at me. And he was like, uh, he was like, what, what you usually play at? I was like, well, I did college at 280 and did fine. Made first team all conference and did my job. He was like, we're not worried about it. We're going to bring you down. And uh, I graduated Saturday, you know, holding up my diploma, all my friends, boom, boom, boom. And then boom! Next day, I was on the flight. I was, <laughs> I was in Miami. Goes know. back. Hey, hello, Marquez. Goes back. You said you had me and my mom. We gonna drive down. And he <laughs> like, nah. Well, you flying? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Like, we gonna fight. Man, I'm telling you, man. It was all this was so foreign to me. When I say it was so foreign to me, I had no idea. So when, when I got the hotel room, man, they had the little cake and the goodie bag and. And uh, George was picking me up every two, three hours, taking us to a different restaurant and and whatnot. All that stuff was foreign to me. I I didn't even know, you know, that's what it was like. Man, that's amazing, man. That's that's that that is man. That's a beautiful story, brother. That is yeah, a beautiful story. I, I mean, I had been on a visit one time with one of my teammates in high school. He was getting recruited by Clemson at the time. But uh, oh, don't you say that because you know what, Marquez. <laughs> You know, I told I told Big Dog Devin, you know, this by my old story. I was recruited by Clemson um, okay. out of high school. I played corner, but the thing about it, my teammate was the start was like one of the top wide receivers in the state at the time. This is back in the late nineties. Now this is night. You know what I'm saying? And I got the news after a game Friday night to go to Clemson, and the next Saturday we played against Clemson, and that was a beautiful thing. I mean. I mean, Clemson played against Florida State. They got to go to that game. That recruitment trip was amazing. But go ahead. I ain't mean to interrupt. No, no, it just no, brought no, flashbacks. No, no, my 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 visit to Clemson was nothing like uh, my one at Miami. You know, uh, he was very highly recruited, and I got to meet, you know, uh, Coach Napier and kind of see the facility and, uh, you know, spend the night at the dorms with, you know, a few of the players. And that's back when um, I think it was right before Taj Boyd was the starter at Clemson, you know, so it was kind of around about that time, and uh, it was cool and whatnot, but it, it wasn't nothing like when I went to Miami because hell, all they had, there was the Waffle House. That's all I remember. It, was, it wasn't much. Oh, it's country up there. <laughs> it's that man, bro. Bro, Clemson country ain't nothing but the campus. That's it. And, I, and speaking of Taj, I know Taj personally. Shout out to Taj Boyd. I know Todd, and, and, and I, I used to – I just saw him a couple months ago, and I said, what made you choose Clemson, bro? I think he's from Virginia or something like that. But, you know, I don't know what – but Clemson, nowadays, they give you the bag. I don't want to say – I said it. Hey, Devin, no, hey, don't find me, Devin. I said it. They give him the bag. At Clemson, they give him the bag. We don't do that no more at the U. We never did it. On the record, we never did it at the U. But anyway. Speak on. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, nah, 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 you good, man. The only thing that I remember of Taj, man, I remember he came in, and I recognized him, and he offered me some of his gummy bears, and I thought it was the coolest shit ever. I was like, yeah, I remember some of you I was just a little high school kid. I was like, oh, man, right. these guys are cool as hell. You know, so nah, it was dope. It was dope. 
If you just joining the show, man, we got my boy, man, Marquez Williams, man, on you talk, man. It's baby. He's on the show with the family, man. Shout out to E. Gray. Shout out to my boy Larry Frank, man. What's going on, fellas? The panel, what it do, man? Marquez, I got Ike's, man. September the fourth, man. You already spoke about this, man. I know you're gonna be in the building with me. Mm. September the fourth. September the fourth. Oh yeah, September the fourth, Alabama. I want to know your thoughts. On what you think Man, gonna happen uh, on September the fourth between our Miami Hurricanes and Alabama? Uh, being brutally honest, um, I still think it's a little too early for us uh, <laughs> to to run it. I, I remember saying it a couple years back. I was like, "Oh, they're gonna play Bama," uh, which I I never understand the scheduling for that because you because you just never know what your team is gonna look like, you know. Mm-hmm three years prior to playing somebody, mm-hmm. and, you know, Bama was a juggernaut. But I think, uh, I think honestly, I think our first, like, our real shot at Bama is the fact that, um, you know, even though they don't rebuild, they just kind of reload mm-hmm. type thing, is that I think our best shot is to get this team uh, with some guys that got drafted, you know what I'm saying, and it's the first game of the season. You know, I think as long as Miami can uh, weather the storm and take care of business, early on in the game, then they have a chance. You know, that most of these guys from Bama is going to be their first time playing or at least getting playing time anyway. It'd be the first game of the season. Um, and the same for us, you know, we, we still we still are pretty young in certain areas too. They got to just be able to weather the storm, um, be able to run the football and control the line of scrimmage. And I think the biggest thing over the, over the last few years that we've seen at Miami is that up front, that offensive line is uh, has been a has been a struggle. Has has been a struggle, uh, you know. Especially, you know, I think I think they had a lot of talented individuals, but collectively as a group, it has been a struggle for Miami the last few years uh, to just run the ball, even protect the quarterback at times. Uh, and I think I think when you talk about Miami football, if if we not if we're not uh, at least decent in that area, then we then we don't we really don't have a chance. We've got good running backs, we got receivers, we we got King, but th- that right there is is going to be the difference maker for us. Um, I think on defense we uh, we still we still young, but we still got some guys uh, on the back end. You know, with um, with Bolden kind of uh, leading that secondary this year. Um, you know, we're gonna have some young guys at linebacker. You know, all trio. They left. Or was that be back? Zach coming yeah, back? Or? Coming back. Zach, yeah. Zach, Zach, yeah. He's playing Zach. defensive end now. Defensive He's not even yeah. So we got Zach. We you know, we'll probably have some young guys at linebacker. Um, and I, I know some young guys on the D line, but um, that but they should have got some experience last year. Uh, it's really it's really gonna be just weathering that storm. Um, you know, just them guys not not getting down. If you know, if they make a play, if they score, whatever. You know, just got just kind of got to weather that storm, play within the system. They throw the ball to you, catch it. You run the ball. Oh, that's key. Get, catch the damn ball. <laughs> yeah, that, yes, you know, that's it, consistent. It, 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 it sounds it sounds so simple. Uh, I know. You know, when you say it, but it, it really is that simple. They throw it to you, catch it. Hey, yeah. they, they hand it to you. Get what you can. You know, at least back to the line of scrimmage. Defense tackle them. When, when you got a guy, get him on the ground. Point blank period, right. you know. Uh, when when you're in coverage, just just play your keys, you know. Because 
it, it ain't it ain't got to be that you intercept the ball. It ain't got to be mm-hmm. that you make a fumble. But you know what I'm saying? If you, if you play your keys, you know, one, one thing that's a difference maker is that some guys, some teams aren't very good in the red zone. So, you know, a team might drive down the field, but down that field gets condensed. You know, hey, Atlanta so, Falcons. So, God damn it. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Man. Man. Shut up, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm disagreeing with you, E. Gray. Yeah, yeah, I'm disagreeing yeah. with you. But I just heard that. I heard red zone. I just think of my Falcons. Like, yeah. well, we're going to fix too. that this year, buddy. <laughs> hey, we'll be watching. Yeah. Listen, listen, I'm a Steelers so fan. I got my own issues to deal with. So, so Marquez, let me play devil's advocate with you real quick. So we return one of the most experienced offensive lines in all of the nation. And I get that. You And what you said makes sense in the trenches. You got to have that experience. You got to have that gel coordination within that crew. And I think what we return is one of the most experienced offensive lines. And this is what the really what the second is it the second Larry Frank? With, um, it's, with, the, with, 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 it's the third year they played together and the second year, the second the year under, under, under Brett Lash. And I think that's going to make a real big difference. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everything last year was on the fly because it was Brett Lashley first year. They're second together trying to mishmash and piece everything. Now you got an experienced line together, third year together as together as a unit, second year under a new offense with a returning quarterback, Lord knows, I hope his knee is all back together, which technology tends to do. And God bless. Pray on his knee, y'all. All the fans out there, pray for uh, Derek Kingney. But anyway, we get that together. We got the running backs and we got the wide receivers. I just think we're going to be a lot different than what people project us to be. And I think the defense is going to be a lot better than people project us to be. I'm not saying that we're going to be a juggernaut run the table, but I really feel first game of the season, that game on Labor Day is going to be a lot different than what people think. You know, everybody says Alabama, Alabama, and I get it. They earned it through these years. But I just think that it's going to play out different, you know. And and I I, honestly, I, I sure hope so. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not typically a person to um, to kind of hang on stuff in the past. But, man, um the effort versus North Carolina last year really oh, 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 a bad taste in my mouth, and, uh, and it, it wasn't it wasn't just that you know they lost the game, but like oh, uh, you, you, yeah, like you you just really saw that the guys. I blame that game that. on Devin Marquez. I blame it on Devin. Devin, you know that. I still blame that game. On that. <laughs> why is that? Because he know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about that later, Mark Webb. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it later, Mark Webb. It's your fault. Yeah, that, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> that bad <Nah>. juju. <laughs> <laughs> oh. nah, yeah, so uh, I, I, that right there was, uh, I'm hoping that they could kind of mend that. It was, uh, it was just a really bad showing of, uh, where, where the chemistry was of that team. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing was that, you know, uh, especially like when, when you're playing for a coach and, um, and whatnot, no matter the circumstances, you know, because of that coach and because of how much you respect him and, and the pride that you have for, you know, the school that you're playing for, you don't, you don't play like that, even even when you get down, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the way as they got down, I mean, guys was seeing like they was blatantly missing tackles. Everybody was mm-hmm. just kind of out of assignments, the body language. 
and it was just like, you know, really, you know, at halftime, it was like, bro, like, y'all didn't want to play. Y'all could have just told me, like, I'd have just forfeit the game, you know, as a coach. Right. I'd have just forfeit. Like, if I'd have known, like, oh, man, I, like, and me as, a, as, as, you know, as a player, uh, none of them could have said shit to me after the game. Right. I'd, I'd, have been, I'd have been so hot that, you know, because I, at the same time, I, I wouldn't have went out like that. I mean, uh, we, I was playing at Mars Hill. We were getting our heads smashed in, like, 40-something the you know, 18 or something. I don't know. We was getting our heads smashed in. It's in the fourth quarter, and we, we, we run an ISO. And I was like, I'm about to kill the linebacker. I was like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I was like, as long as, long as it's time on the clock and I'm out here, I don't care if they beating us. And, uh, and they was a little upset. They didn't understand why I hit the linebacker like that. But I'm like, hey, yeah, okay, it's, it's time out here. You know, we still playing ball, whether y'all up or not. You know, that, that that's just the game. You you yeah you got to see it through. Got to see it through. Well, got to see it through. Man. But now, so all that to say is Marquez, do you feel we have a chance? <laughs> Come on, bro. Do we have a chance? Hey, it's not, hey, every time you step out in between them white lines, you have a chance. Yeah. Hey, and every dog has his day, and you got a chance. You know, uh, <laughs> dude, I, I can go out there and fight Mayweather. If I swing the right punch and connect it, he'd be on that camera. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. So while we're on the subject of that right quick, you just put it on my brain, on my action. Does Logan Paul have a chance? Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Hold on, Larry. You heard what you heard what Roy Jones uh, said today, uh, yesterday. He said, man, that man ain't got a chance in hell to beat Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> and I'm laughing. I, I'm, and personally, Logan Paul, and I want his brother Jake to really get his bit. Jake about to fight uh, the UFC fighter, and old boy said he going to break his neck or break his jaw. I hope he do. I hope he do. I mean, because these white boys, you fight nobodies. I mean, not even about no color. Excuse me, y'all. It ain't about color. It's just about you a non-professional fighter, and you think that you can just do that. It's not cool, bro. This is what they do for a living. They put these up. For a living, this is how they make money. You think, come on, man. You know what I'm Nate saying? Nate Robinson messed it up for everybody, dog. Oh. Nate Robinson messed it up for everybody, man. He yeah. got, he got, he got them, he got them YouTube people thinking they can hang with anybody. So, hey. Nate, Robinson, Nate Robinson got laid out. Laid out with this. Look, man, we up against it, man. We up against Marquez, man. Hey, brother, I appreciate you, man, coming on, man, with you talk, man. Thank you, brother, man. I appreciate you, man. Great job. Man. You, man. So, uh, you, bro. listen, man, nah, I know y'all, uh, y'all, y'all got to have me back on, man. I'd feel offended if, if y'all didn't. Oh, come oh, on, man. Bro. Anytime. Anytime, bro. Go ahead and plug Pop Socks again before we get out of here, Marquez. Talk to us. Yeah, man. Pop Socks, man. That's www.popspopssocks.com, man. Make sure y'all go get some socks. Use the code SUPPORTPOPS2020. Get 10% off on your entire first order. Make sure you go to the website, man. Click on the products tab. Check out everything that we got, man. We got about 80 different designs on there. We literally got a sock for you on that website. Make sure you check it out. If you think about doing some custom orders, whether it's for a fundraiser, for a basketball team, football team, soccer team, make sure you go to the um, go to the contact tab. Mm-hmm. Email me. I take care of all the um, custom orders personally, man. And we're going to get you right. Uh, 
I stand on quality, so I promise you, uh, you're going to get you a good sock. As we always like to say, when you don't know what to wear, put on a pair. That's what's I like up. that. I like that, bro. I can co sign it too, man. They're great socks, man. It's a good product, man. So, man, keep up the good work, man. E Gray, go ahead and uh, shut out just saying, man. Do your thing, man. Hey, man. Love y'all, man. Hey, Marquez, appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Hey, during the season, it's on the popping, baby. Oh, man, on the yeah, popping. Man, I, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. You, hey, you guys, my fiance, hey, look, I, I don't want no mess with when. when when the cane's on the TV, I don't care how, how I got to watch it, what, where it got to be. Look, we we watching them. Okay? I, I can be on vacation somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the room watching the game. I'm watching the I love to hear somewhere. that. As a, as, as a former player of yourself, I love to hear that, man. That makes me smile, man. Inside, it puts a little sunshine in my heart. It's on you, man, Frank. And, 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 yeah. I, got, I got so many people that knew nothing about Miami. They love Miami so much. Uh Shoot, I have, I have a um, is a teacher that I interned for when I was at Miami. When I was at Morris, I interned for for like three years, and they was in Virginia, out in the country somewhere. But they made sure they had the game on the radio. And when I scored my touchdown, they pulled over on the side of the road and had a whole shindig, you know, oh, <laughs> you know, awesome. just, just because I scored it. And um, they got Miami stuff all in their house. They got it everywhere. Everybody's like, "What y'all know about Miami?" And it was like, "It was like, hey, all God played there, so everybody with it." Go ahead, Larry Frank. Yeah, well, big shout out to you, Marquez, man. Love having you on the show. I love having you on the program, man. Much success. Much respect to you for doing what you do, and just shouting out the Utah family and everybody, man. Hey, do what we do, man. Love it. Love it. Absolutely, man. And y'all watch out, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that coffee thing, so make sure y'all look out. Hey, I'm going to get at you. Right. <laughs> Truckers, man, on them interstates, man. I need it. I need it. You talk family, man. We want to say thank you again for tuning in, man, to another show, man. Um, hit that like, subscribe button, man. I appreciate all of you guys, man, that tune in, man, to support the show, man. I got to say something real quick before I get out of here, man. I got my brother Creeping Kane on. Y'all know I'm a Laker fan. Listen, man, I lost, man. You understand, man? I know y'all drilling me, man, on the show. You're drilling me on Facebook, man. Hey, man, we lost, man. I'm going to be back next year. I'm still a fan regardless. I didn't get sweep like your Miami Heat, though. So, you know, I'll, I'll be back next year, though. You know, so, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of here on that, Larry Frank, man. It's been real. Everybody, man, we'll be back in two weeks, man. I'm going to have former Miami Hurricane basketball player and great, man, the all-time second-leading scorer, man, Mr. Eric Brown, is going to be joining us two weeks from now, man. That show is on uh, the 18th. So, man, we'll come back in two weeks, man, and have Mr. Eric Brown on, man. So, looking forward to that, man. So, again, man, y'all know how we start every show. Marquez, what? do it with us, boy. Do it with us, Marquez. What? You know how we end every show. It ain't no us and green eyes. Mr. Ingrate, oh, <laughs> without you, baby. <laughs> Larry, I had to get him, Larry. <laughs> Here we yeah, are, man. Love y'all, boys, man. Everybody have a good weekend, man. <laughs> Deserve. Uh, Deserve. Deserve.